Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Board Draw episode 17. We've got a bit of a unusual episode this week as Luke has made his way down down south for the weekend. Well, for the week. Luke, how you doing, my guy? Yeah, I'm good. I'm joining you remotely. We've had a bit of a, a faff getting this all sorted out. But, we were um, on the verge of doing no podcast, but then we thought, fuck it. We'll get our big old brains together and we'll figure out a way to make it work. And I think we've managed, yeah, we've shout out my guy Craig. Um, but yeah, we couldn't miss this week because it was actually quite a good week of football. If it was like a sus week of results, could have been skippable. But there were some good results this week. What was your favourite game of the weekend, Luke? Oh, my favourite game of the weekend. Because uh, there were some good ones. There were, there were. Um, oh, that's a hard one, you know. I'll tell you my four favourites, and then you can kind of see if any of those are your probable ones. 3-2 Brentford. 3-2 uh, Fulham beat Brentford. Leeds beating Chelsea 3-0. Yep. Newcastle 3, Man City 3. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, United beating Liverpool, getting their first win of the season, 2-1. Do you know what? I think my favourite was the United-Liverpool game. Yeah. Just because it was, like, it just got so bitty at the end. It did, and, it like, did. Bruno Fernandes had every Man United, uh, sorry, every Liverpool fan just on ropes. Oh, my God. Did you see that video of, like, a pub full of Liverpool fans and they were just oh, reacting to him? It was so yeah, funny. No, it was, yeah, no, it was brilliant. I'd, yeah. Just, but it was just a good weekend of football. Like the uh, the Newcastle City game, outrageous what, game of football. What happened? How, how how does that happen? Like when when do City concede three goals? Yeah, honestly, that game. I, and that came like after the Leeds Chelsea game, or was it on at the same time? Too. Yeah, and there was just so many good results, and I was like, oh, this will be the best game of the weekend. And then the next game came. And that was the best game of the weekend. I was like, Jesus Christ, it's been a good weekend. What one should we start on? Should we start on the Man City-Newcastle game? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. So, interesting game of football, this one, because obviously going into it, we predicted, I think I had 3-0 Man City, you had 4-0 Man City. And that just completely different kettle of fish because goals from Trippier, Wilson and Almiron... And I love that Almiron scored because do you know that whole Jack Grealish thing where he was like mugging off Almiron? Yeah. And then for Almiron, yeah, for Almiron to go and score is just, that's outrageous. You love to see it. And then St. Maximan, I don't know if he's just, he's just that guy, isn't he? Three assists is crazy. Yeah, no, he was on crud that game. He literally had Carl Walker on ropes. Yeah, I I was thinking that. There's not many wingers like, that have Carl Walker every time one on one. Carl Walker shitting himself. Yeah, he, Carl Walker literally couldn't handle him. I thought because obviously City scored early on. Yeah, and I thought we we're looking good for our predictions. <laughs> yeah, suddenly, yeah. And, and then, then Newcastle three one up. Newcastle had like a ten minute spell where they were just on crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron Wilson getting on the score sheets, and then the Trippier scored the free kick, didn't he? Just yeah. Oh Banging. yeah, it was, yeah, and then. City didn't really switch it up until later on, but um, Harlow got on the sheet, the score sheet, and then pretty much um, like a minute later, I think uh, Bernardo Silva did as well. Yeah, I, just, I, I didn't think City were particularly bad. No, I, I think, think 
Yeah. You just got to give like kudos to Newcastle. I think they played so well. And I think at the beginning of the season when we had Newcastle quite high in our predictions, I think I got a few pelters from people thinking, no, that's probably quite optimistic. They're going to need a few more seasons. But I think they're, they'll be on it this season. I think they'll, they'll get quite a few scalps. I think the big six teams, if they don't go with full energy against Newcastle, Newcastle will turn quite a few teams over. Yeah, I mean, I think they were just so well set up. Like, yeah. City really couldn't break their block. Um, I know, like, I've noticed a few times where City were getting to the byline and Harlan's in the middle and he's just getting no support. Like, he wasn't yeah. getting the balls into feet or nothing. And, uh, like, <laughs> Foden was taking a few, uh, like, greedy shots from, like, terrible oh angles. God, I was going to say, have you seen Foden's comments on his Insta posts these days? It's all Man City fans saying... Cross it to Harlan, pass it to Harlan. Why are you not passing? It's carnage. Yeah, I don't know. I just like obviously when that does click, it's going to be yeah, pretty gonna be crazy. But um, I just think like surely you've like what is this like the third game of the season? Yeah, like you should already be looking for him. This place he's arrived there every game, probably like four yeah. or five times. Like how many how many opportunities you need to be able to pick up put up your head and just and pick him out. Like he's got yeah, the and, and like obviously lucky that they're so full of quality that they can get themselves back into a game. But if that's like a game where you're only getting a few chances and you're not making the most of them, that could be a loss. But obviously they're so full of quality that they can just get a draw out of nothing. Because yeah, for me, I think Newcastle will probably be quite obviously going into the game. You're thinking free all, you take that by hand off, but. City's goal, last goal, obviously it was a bit of magic from Kevin De Bruyne for the assist. But for me, I think Newcastle did so well. And I think, I think it just comes down to their depth off the bench isn't as good as, New, uh, as, good as City. So City can, like, when they're 3-1 down, bring on the likes of just everyone and anyone. Whereas Newcastle, when the main kind of front line has run out of energy, which... I saw so Newcastle um, played in their Carabao Cup game, and Eddie Howe said that if he played the same team that he did against City, they would have lost because everyone ran themselves into the into the ground post City. So yeah. you can tell that Eddie Howe's style is quite demanding on the players, and so maybe yeah. there is still a need for a bit more in the transfer market. I know they're. Are you seeing that they're going to break their record to sign Alexander Isak? Yeah, I think Isak would be a really good signer for him. Yeah, I think um, he'd be quite massive signing, yeah. He's got, he's got a really high ceiling. Um, yeah, he ceiling's pretty... I think he's a little bit underwhelming stat-wise last season. Yeah, the season before, though, he was really good. Yeah, and in, um, was it the Euros? Yeah, yeah he was Euros. quality in the Euros. Yeah, and I, I think, think he'll be good. identified him as a player who can play sort of across the front three. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or potentially in a two, even with the likes of Chris Wood. So they're bringing in versatility, which is something that they'll need, especially if they want to go deep into the season. Yeah. Um, because having that versatility allows you to replace, like, individual players. So, like, St. Maximan has a knock or something. Potentially yeah, yeah, 100%. The rest. But, um, yeah, no, I think that's going to be a good sign. I think it's, it's, it's a good season for Newcastle. Got, yeah, you, I'd be uh, very, very excited. If yeah. I was a Newcastle fan, I'd be buzzing. What do you yeah. think about City? Obviously, that's two points dropped. Obviously, they're probably not stressing too much because they've seen Liverpool 
dropped, what is it? They dropped seven points so far. So, as and Liverpool are like usually their main rivals. So, if Liverpool are dropping seven, they've only dropped two. There's not much cause for concern, I'd say, for City. But conceding three goals, that's never a good look. No, never. Mm. Um, I think the team they've got to be worried about beat uh, Bournemouth 3-0. Let's go. Yeah, zero points dropped from the Gunners. The boys. Did you want to talk about that game a little bit? I think so. I I think... So there's not much to say. Obviously, I feel like Bournemouth, we we predicted... That's an absolute belter from you. You predicted 3-0. And we'll talk about your predictions and how much you smashed it later on when we do our predictions for this week. But you predicted 3-0. I predicted 4-0. Um, yeah, it's solid from Arsenal. It's another one of those where it's first half absolute dominance and the, the game's done by halftime. I'm assuming Arteta kind of told them, like, just go out there, play play the second half like it's nil-nil. But you never really do when you're 3-0 up, especially he makes some subs, gets some, like, minutes in the legs of Tommy Asu and the like. So I think, yeah, Arsenal just keep plugging away for me. We've got uh, a few decent fixtures coming up. We've got Fulham who pre the start of the season, I was thinking that'll be three points. And then we had Villa and Man United, who I was kind of slightly worried about. But now I'm worried about Fulham and not so worried about Villa and Man United. So it's weird how yeah, it's a, a few one. games can change your mind. Yeah, I, 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 we spoke about this particularly in the first game of the season for Arsenal against Palace, where they were so dominant for like the first like 40 minutes. Yeah. I just like... Against teams like City and like potentially Liverpool, they can get back on their feet. If you're not as do- like you're, those um, times of domination are going to be like limited, so you might even only get like 15 minutes or so. Yeah. But it's like you need to be more in control of the game for like 90 minutes. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah, like, 100%. In those short spells, you're generating so many chances. Yeah, we've got the most chances created in the league, most touches in the box in the league, most goals. So, and I think that just comes from. At the moment, the front line is so electric. And, yeah, I think it's just good vibes at the moment for Arsenal. And we'll go on to our main top four rivals, in my opinion, Spurs, who won 1-0 at Wolves. Yeah. Um, quite an underwhelming game of football, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, it was so boring. It was Harry came pretty much right at the end, weren't it? Yeah, and for me, Wolves, in my opinion, were the better team. But they just lacked... like if. They had their own Harry Kane. I think Wolves would have won this like two or three nil. But because yeah. they've got no one that can score a goal for their life, Spurs only needed one chance. And I think they only created a few chances the whole game. But when you've got Harry Kane, you're always in with a chance of getting a goal. Yeah, it looks like they're lacking a lot of creativity through the middle. I don't know. It's not how they intend to play. But um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. You just... Hoiberg and uh, Bentoncourt just I know Bentoncourt like he's quite good in terms of like progressive passes and chances created but just nothing really seemed to click and if Harry Kane's not dropping deep then nothing's really coming of anything yeah no I agree I think that's the thing if Harry Kane doesn't drop deep and you're relying on Hoiberg and Bentoncourt as your sources of inspiration It's not going to happen. I know they play wide and obviously Perisic started this game and had quite a good game. In my opinion, he was probably Spurs' best player. But for me, against a team that is more potent going forward, like Spurs have got 
Who have they got next week? Hang on, let me check. Um... Oh, they got Nottingham Forest. So defensively, a whole lot more weak than Wolves. But going forward, you've got the likes of Emmanuel Dennis, Jesse Lingard, all Brandon them Johnson. man, Brendan yeah. Johnson. And I think if Spurs give up as many chances as they did against Wolves, because I'm still not sold on Spurs' defence, and I think Spurs' defence can get got by good forwards. And so, yeah, I'd be worried if... I wouldn't be worried if I was a Spurs fan, but I'd be worried if the midfield don't kick on and do a bit more. Because you can't rely on the Harry Kane to score a goal every single game from one chance. You need to... I think that's what Arsenal are doing well at the moment, is if you create loads of chances, you only need to score a couple. But if you only score one chance, uh, if you only create one chance, you have to score that one chance. So I think the chances created, they needed, like, in my opinion, in the window, they didn't need a Richarlison. They needed a kind of centre mid, centre attack in mid in the kind of Ericsson mould that... I don't know why they didn't make the Ericsson free transfer move, but someone in that mould that could play behind the likes of Harry Kane, Son, Kulisevsky, and just Bring feed, them chances. Yeah, feed them chances. Yeah. Um, the next game that I sort of probably would have been in my top four, the Palace-Villa uh, game. Yes. Palace, Palace looked good. Palace looking electric. Zaha looking like he could have the season of his life. Yeah, Palace looked good. Eze coming into his own. You love to see it, mate. Just Palace are good vibes right now. They're like Arsenal, but just a tier below. Do you know what I mean? 100%. No, I agree that all their players look like they're like ready for a like an upset season. Like they're going to, I think everybody's kind of underestimating them. And I think they all look hungry enough to kind of like go out there and be like, nah, we're going to get like top eight or whatever. Yeah, no, I agree. I am. You see, Eze's got most like dribbles completed in the in the world, or like in yeah, European no, football. The guy's on crack. He's going to be in the Qatar. <laughs> and I'm buzzing. Yeah, for yeah, no, I'd love to see that. To be fair, because I think England hasn't got anyone that plays in that kind of centre centre of the park that does what he does. Yeah, exactly. You know, remember we were talking about what's wrong with England? We said they didn't really have like a metronome or someone to sort of yeah. control the tempo of the game. This isn't that. But it's so different. Yeah, he's so different to anyone that we've got playing in that centre mid. So, like, 100% has to be a looking for Gareth Southgate because yeah, 100%. if you're struggling to break to kick teams off. down with quite a high defensive line, then he, he could be the one. Yeah, 100%. He's got bags of ability I'd have in my team. What do you reckon about Villa? Is there problems there? Because I've been going on crud on our board draw Twitter, just <laughs> slandering Aston Villa, man. Yeah, no, I think... Um, I don't know, Gerard just doesn't look like he's got any inspiration. I think now he's currently, after the same amount of games as Gary Neville at Valencia, they've got the same win percentage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I see, I can see Villa scoring goals, but they're just going to leak them. Yeah. And, I saw Gabby Agbonglehorn um, talk sports say that you've got to give him the season, but I don't think you do. Like, for me, he's had so much money to spend. And you give him the season if he's getting some... So he likened it to Arteta. He said, oh, Arteta got 
the half a season when he came in and then a full season to kind of show his worth. And he likened Gerard to that. And I get that you want to back the project, but for me, in that time, Arteta won the FA Cup. I'm not saying Aston Villa need to go win the FA Cup, but Arteta showed that there was something. And then you he had like the a string. Project exactly. And you had like, a, he knew what he wanted to do. He wanted to clear that squad out and get a new squad in. Gerard has pretty much had that opportunity. He's got rid of players he didn't like. He's got players in on big money that he does like, but there's nothing going on. They still, they're just losing a lot of games that, in my opinion, they should be competitive or winning. Yeah, I mean, if you look at how much they spend compared to how much Palace has spent, I think they've outspent exactly. Palace like, by a boatload. Yeah. And you can see what Palace are doing and like the identity they play with, whereas you look at Steven Jarrah's Villa, like what is going on? There, there is nothing there. It's like some big names on a team sheet and hoping it works. And I'd, I'd, I'd be scared for my job security if I was Steven Gerrard. Yeah, for me, he's, his head is highest on the managerial chopping block. I think for me, the main issue I have with him is that he's been in this role now. So I think it's a year in November and he still doesn't know his best team which is, for me, crazy. Like, you've got to know your best defensive partnership. He doesn't. You've got to know your best kind of front line. He doesn't. And I think just a combination of all that... Can you hear Ernie barking? Uh, no, just a little bit. I think he's all right. He just wants to get nut. his opinions out, mate. But yeah, for me, I think Gerard is... If he doesn't pick it up, start getting a couple more results. I haven't seen them really linked with anyone else in the market. So in my opinion, this squad is now what he's going in with. I think they're being linked with a few defenders to try and replace Diego Carlos now that he's out for pretty much the whole season. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I don't really know. I think for me, he's not hes not the guy. No, I 100% agree. Um, he did get one up on Frank Lampard, though, last week. He did. And um, Frank managed to... Secure a point in the last minute against uh, Nottingham Forest. You were very impressive, actually, against Everton. You were unlucky yeah. to walk away with only a point. Yeah, no, I agree. I like what Nottingham Forest are doing. I think, obviously, it's going to take time. They've signed so many players. And I think you've got to give, like, the first five-ish games of him just kind of figuring out which of the new signings can start immediately, which of the new signings need, like, a couple of weeks and months to learn the new system so I think it's going to be a bit of a a learning curve for the first few games for Nottingham Forest to try and figure out which of the players that they've signed can do what in the system but a one all against Everton I think that's an all right result for them yeah any points on the board for a new side is good Um, speaking of that though Fulham continue their flying start to the season 3-2 Mitro's on fire Mitro's on fire, but I tell you who else is on fire. Palinia, mate. He is yeah. gold dust. He is unbelievable. Yeah, good player, good player. Yeah. Um, this is a really exciting game. Um, I think Fulham deserved it, basically. But, yeah, yeah, same. Um, I think Brentford I hadn't quite loaded down in my predictions, but they were they were good. They've shown that they've got a lot of quality in that squad. So I think they'll I think be they'll fine. Be... I wouldn't yeah, I wouldn't worry if I was Brentford that you'll be in with relegation. If you keep Tony I think you'll be fine. He's he's a 10 to 15 goal a Premier League season striker. And That's if you more keep than him, enough you'll be fine. for a mid-table team. Yeah, 
yeah, no, he's he's a good uh, good player. Um, and I think he started the season strongly, and I expect him to continue it because he didn't really have a great season last year, but it wasn't bad by any means. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I get what you he mean. Obviously, he obviously had a massive goal. Um, um, like he scored lots of goals in the championship, basically, and he came into the Premier League, and everyone was like, "He's going to smash it in the Premier League," and they didn't really do that. The um, Mitro curse. Yeah, the Mitro curse. But yeah, no, I think I think they'll do all right. You know. Yeah, no, I agree. I think Fulham, they look good. I think both of us had them 19th to go down. Yeah. And, um, yeah, they're, they're looking quite good. I think, for me, the problem I used to have with Fulham is that they'd come up and they'd do what we spoke about on quite a few of our podcasts, where they'd come up and just bottle it and play like the underdog every game, just sit back, counter-attack, lump it up to Mitro. And for me, this year, what they've done differently is they've kind of tried to continue playing like they did in the championship last year. And I think that'll put them in good stead because if they do that, like we saw against Liverpool, if they just play with that energy and then that kind of confidence to play their own way, I think they'll do all right. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, where should we go next? Leicester, Southampton? Bad, yeah. bad result for Leicester. I think Leicester are on ropes. Like Alongside Steven Gerrard, Brendan Rodgers is my next kind of manager. I don't think they'll sack him because he's done quite a lot for them. But I think he could walk, maybe. Yeah, before he gets a bit too ugly. Yeah, because for me, there's like a plethora of problems at Leicester at the moment. Firstly, they're not signing anyone. Secondly, their best and most valuable asset is now playing for the under-23s in Fafana. So that's a problem. Jamie Vardy, they've just given him a new contract. But for me, I think he's got to go out. I think you've got to play Pats and Dacca or Ian Acho. You've put so much money into these two players. And when they play, you've seen that they can score. And I don't understand why they're not getting minutes. Yeah. Um, I think the problem is like you've got a player like James Madison who's actually in quite a decent streak of form at the minute. Yeah. And I don't think they're like utilise them as well as they could be. And like you say, yeah, they've got players like Tielemans and like Daka, Ian Atchard just sort of rotting away on the bench who should be pretty much in the starting eleven. Yeah. But they're creating they're they've they've dominated the game. I think they had sixty percent possession or sixty two percent possession. But they only created six um chance uh, six shots on goal or something. Let me see. They yeah they created six shots in total, one on target. But that's compared to Southampton's yeah, nine shots with three on target. Mm. And they only had two corners compared to Southampton's 11. So Southampton, when they've got possession, they're doing stuff with it. But Leicester seem to just be content to kick the ball around. And, you know, as long as they haven't got the ball, we can't concede. But then they end up conceding anyway. Che Adams came off the bench, got two, um, which is good for him. Because he's a player with a lot of quality who hasn't really worked yeah, out. I like Che Adams, you know. I think Leicester, uh, not Leicester, I think Everton are looking at him as a potential signing at the moment. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. I really like um, Lavia from uh, for Southampton. I think he looks like a real player. And the uh, from Man City, yeah, yeah, I yeah. Like and Aribo as well. I think. Yeah, Joe Aribo's an yeah. outrageous signing. Yeah, yeah. I think. Um, I think, I think Southampton the... shouldn't be too worried. I think they obviously have those games where the Hassan Hoot away doesn't work, and then they sort of look really bad. But then yeah, they yeah. have other games where it does work for them, and you're like, this guy's actually just a genius manager. So yeah, I think no, it, I agree. They are quite... They're one of those teams that kind of... They flatter to deceive. And I never really know what that means. 
but I think it actually just defines Southampton. Sometimes, for me, every time now every time Arsenal play them, I'm like, oh, this is actually quite a good team. But any time I watch them like against another team, they get peppered, and I think it's just trying to like weigh up. Are they a good team? Or are they a bad team? They're very the kind lack of, of consistency, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's mega. Yeah, majorly that. But let's go on to a team who actually this is my result of the weekend is Leeds beating Chelsea three 0 Who would have predicted it? We had, I think, we both had Chelsea beat Leeds three 0 Yeah, we did indeed. Like and it was a shambles from Chelsea. What is going on? So Liverpool have had a muddy start. City haven't had a muddy start, but they they dropped points against Newcastle. Chelsea have had a pretty horrific start as well. Like, Chelsea have had a terrible start. They they looked terrible against Everton, scraped a one 0 win. Then they drew two all against Tottenham. They were the better team in that game, fair enough. And then this game got absolutely dominated by Leeds. Yeah, um, Jesse Marsh's Leeds United. They're on fire, mate. They are on fire. Who would have thought? Big time. For me, it's a combination of... Jesse Marsh has got to take a lot of credit. He's come in and he's obviously hard to replace Marco Bielsa. He's like a cult hero at Leeds. And so it was hard for him to come in and kind of not totally change up their style of play because it is still like a heavy press kind of style. But I'd say it's more organised than Bielsa's press. Bielsa's press was very hectic, whereas I think Jesse Marsh's style of pressing suits these players a lot because they obviously, they're used to this pressing style of play, but it was so probably quite easy for him to come in and change some slight aspects of the press, but mm-hmm. make it make it a lot more organised. And someone that I really like is Brendan Aronson. I think he's so good. He looked yeah. so good against Chelsea. There was one clip where he like spun Koulibaly and I was like, Jesus Christ. Either Koulibaly is past it, or this Brendan Aronson kid is just mega. But yeah, no, I'm yeah. very impressed with Leeds. I think Jack Harrison's had a good start to the season. So is uh, Rodrigo as well. Yeah, Rodrigo's top goal scorer in the league. Yeah, he's he's an absolute blinder because whenever he sort of played last year, he was like, uh, he often had him out wide as well. Yeah, I think of, they like, never really knew his best position. But yeah, no, he looks like he's got a lot of potential in him. Um, but yeah, just. It was. This is kind of like the Southampton game, where like Chelsea got sixty-one percent of the ball, but Chelsea generated shots. They had fourteen shots, but Leeds with thirty-nine percent of the ball had twelve shots, but more on yeah. target. They doubled Chelsea's shots on target total. Um, I just think the system that Leeds are playing it just it's, it stifled Chelsea a lot. Yeah. A lot of um, sideways passing and nothing really progressive up the pitch. And like really, really hurting him in uh, their transitions from attack to defense. Like you see, I think Chelsea have got problems. Yeah, yeah, Um, but I just don't know what they are really. Yeah, well, I tweeted that they're papering over cracks, FC, and I think that is it. They're just they're signing players. I don't know who's in charge of the signings. I know Todd Bowley came in, and he's probably got a bit excited. And it's just like taking over the transfer business. Because for me, all the players they're linked with don't really make sense. Like, yeah. why are you going for Anthony Gordon? Why are you going for Aubameyang? Why are you going for these players that just don't make sense? You clearly need kind of a ball-playing centre mid. You need 
someone to replace Fabinho, uh, not Fabinho, um, Jorginho. And so why haven't you gone and done that? Conor Gallagher, he can't play a double pivot with Jorginho. That's not going to work. So you need either to play... Oh, I don't know. I don't understand it. Luke, I don't understand it, mate. Yeah, I don't understand it either, mate. It's a bit all over the place. I don't think Tuchel understands it either because I don't know if you'll be there by Christmas. I think we can see a lot, like... of, yeah, a lot of movement in the management market before this Christmas uh, period where we go to the Qatar World Cup. 100%. I've got a question for you. Is Mendy from Chelsea the most overrated keeper in the Prem? He is now, but when he first <laughs> came, when he first came, he was electric. He was unbelievable. He was, he was. But, but I think like, it's just, my guy has everyone was looking at him like, everyone was just looking at him like, oh my God, you're so much better than Kepa because Kepa was shit. But I've just, every time I watch Mendy, he does so many sus things. I'm like, you must have done more sus things by, than Kepa by now. Yeah, I mean, he just, I don't know. You just wonder what goes through his head when he tries to, um, like for the, the first goal, like what's he doing? Yeah. It's just like, you never want to see a keeper do that. Like just tap it out of play, mate. You can take the corner. Honestly, it was like, so it bad. But I then, think he done something like that in the Champions League as well. I don't understand how he keeps getting away with it. Well, he doesn't. He yeah. Concedes, but... I think he, because he, but the thing is when he first came in, he was never like that eccentric. He was just a really good shot stopper. Yeah, 100%. I think and he's then, doing too much now. He's gone away or something, he's, and like he's been switched out of Afcon or something. I don't know. He's come back <laughs> as a doppelganger because that ain't the same keeper that I saw pulling off some like outrageous saves. Because like you look at the beginning of the season, Chelsea, especially under Tuchel, they're always a good bet for like clean sheets and stuff. But your keeper's doing that. You, there is no security in your back line because you never trust your keeper again. One hundred percent. One hundred percent agree. Talk to me about Anthony Gordon for 60 million. Why? Honestly, shambles. If I was he, Everton, so I know he's he your best player, like I'd bite your hand off. Goals. Oh my God, and I tweeted it. this and I was like, I didn't, I didn't believe it at first, but I, it, the caption was um, all of Anthony Gordon's goals. And I looked at them and every single one of the goals he scored is like a deflection. And it's maybe like how maybe pay- Chelsea just trying to buy some luck. I don't know. Honestly, I was like, "How are you paying sixty mil for this, Don?" But like, they're still they're still lacking a striker. Yeah, like, I, I know they're getting trying to get a Bamiang in, but is he? The I answer? think that's pretty close to being done. And yeah. knowing Arsenal's luck, he'll come in, he'll play against Arsenal and score a hat trick. But <laughs> I don't think he's the answer for me. Yeah, and like the only sort of signing that they, that they made, which was like a straight replacement, was the Koulibaly for Rudiger, basically. Yeah, um, which in my opinion is a downgrade. But yeah, I think it's not that big a downgrade where you panic. But Rudiger like, was is a loss. He's a leader, which I think Koulibaly is, but not to the extent that Rudiger probably was in that Chelsea dressing room. Yeah, and like you say, they are clearly missing a ball-playing midfielder. Um, and it's like, why they're just not in the market? There are, there are plenty of them around. Yeah. Like, like people that you, you could literally probably get for fairly decent value as well. I um, they were linked with Frankie de Jong, and I saw the links were like quite intense. But then they've all just completely cooled down, and I'm not really sure if that's because just Barcelona have just closed the door on him leaving completely. But I thought, he, my... I was actually fearing the worst when Chelsea got linked with him because I think he'd he'd be so good in their system. Yeah, but you just question what's going on like higher up where 
they're making just terrible like decisions like this. Like Anthony Gordon, sixty five million. Like, is that a joke? Crazy. Crazy. Like Anthony to Man United for a hundred million. Yeah, the transfer market's fucked. They need to do like a hard reset on the transfer market because it's just gone. The money's insane. It's it's yeah. it's, it's crazy. But um, yeah, just what what result for Leeds though? What result for Leeds? Nah, you love to see it. Chelsea in the mud. That's ideal. Should we talk about arguably the most? I don't know if it's more surprising than the Leeds result, but Man United, who were rock bottom of the table coming into this week against a Liverpool side that were probably angered by their draw against Palace, they Man United turned up and turned over Liverpool. Yeah, I saw when they kicked off, they tried to do the thing that PSG did the night before. Yeah, what they scorched like straight from the center. Yeah, yeah, yeah you play that. off to the midfield and you have like three runners straight into the box. Yeah, yeah, and it just, it, the first pass was just fucked. Do you <laughs> see that was like literally the first tackle where Martinez just runs straight into Salah and like bodies him? Yeah, Martinez had a blinder of a game. He did, he set, he set the tone for that game. That Man United just out scrapped Liverpool but big I was, time. I, like, I saw the lineups come out, and I'm thinking. You've got a midfield three of Henderson, Milner and Harvey Elliott. Mate, I, I don't know what podcast I was listening to, but for me, that's not even like a mid-table. That's, that's a relegation. Midfield. midfield. That's like a relegation midfield. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But, and um, you can't be Liverpool trying to battle for the title playing two people who are arguably at the end of their career in Henderson and Milner. And Harvey Elliott, who firstly isn't a centre mid in my opinion, and then secondly is at the start of his career you can't play them free in a midfield together against your most bitter rivals. It made no, it made no sense to me. I, I even said like, why don't they potentially put Go, Joe Gomez right back and push Trent into the midfield? Yeah, honestly, that would have been just for me. James Milner didn't have a bad game. Henderson didn't have a bad game, and Harvey Elliott didn't have a bad game. But all three but, of them together just didn't have a good enough game. Like, may not outwork them. in that midfield. No, and nothing. like watching the game, you couldn't read. Like Robertson really struggled to get up the pitch. Yeah, I think he's had a really uninspired start to the season. Um, Trent was getting turned over again. Trent, or oh, we have to just have like a moment for Trent because we've backed him hard in this podcast from the Champions League final all the way through preseason. But the first three games of the season, he's every team they've played has specifically targeted Trent. And it's fair enough if they target him and he turns up. But they've targeted him and he's been turned over each game. And it, like going forward as well, he's not really doing the business. No assists I mean, on the old fantasy, mate. I'm fucking fuming. Yeah, I mean, I've got fucking Robertson and Trent. I've backed him for three game weeks. I've got Same. nothing out of them. Oh, mate, it's been an L. Points. Yeah, um, been but yeah, and then the first goal, Van Dyke tried to defend it with his defensive aura or something. Oh my so god, you... we need to talk about Van Dyke as well. Bro, I know we done like you put it. Was it you that put him in your fucking best ever Prem eleven? Mate, he's he's absolutely. He must have listened to that. He yeah, I've gone to his head. Massive. Yeah, and Jesus he's, Christ, he's stripped out his nose or something because he's had an absolutely stinking start. Yeah, Metro had him on burners, and then. I... Fucking Marcus Rashford's had him on, and Jaden Sancho have had him on burners. This Liverpool team looks like a team that's played three games a week for like forty for forty weeks. Yeah, but like it's the start of the season, man, and they, there's no electric like electricity in them apart from like Luis Diaz and occasionally Salah. Yeah, no, I agree. For me, obviously, you can't solicit for they've got quite a lot of injuries. Obviously, Jota, 
Fabinho wasn't fit to start, allegedly. No Matip. Canate. Canate, yeah, all them, man. And so obviously Darwin Nunes being an absolute fucking idiot. Decatur as well. Yeah, so they've got like a shitty um, injury situation. But why aren't they in the market? I mean, I, 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 do you know what? These are questions that I don't have the answer to. I know um, there's a lot of talk of like, so they don't want to sign a midfielder because they're going to get Jude Bellman on a free next year. But is that worth? Like, yeah, I was going to say. And by then, Henderson will be a year older. James Milner will probably be dead. Like you're going to need Salah will be a year. Salah, Salah's getting on a bit. Exactly. You're going to need more than just Jude Bellingham next year. And so for me. They need to get in the market, mate. I know they're, they've put inquiries out about Frankie De Jong. I think that would be a good signing. I mean, but like last season, they lost the league by what, like two points? Yeah. Or something. Like, they're clearly not that far behind Man City. Yeah. So why don't they spend a bit this summer and try and try? I know they bought in Nunez for like a lot of money, you know, but they yeah. lost money. But like, yeah, like you say, that midfielder is just, it's uninspiring. Big time. And, when, especially when Van Dijk and Trent are having like and Robertson are not quite up to scratch like we've seen them usually be that spine of that the team is really really struggling because whereas you used to have like the Jota, Fabinho, Van Dijk or even like you know the spine is is weak and they're getting targeted and getting caught out against teams you know who want it more yeah 100% they look tired they look they, tired and, they did yeah it's not so the Liverpool that we've seen. I, I, I think I they need to... Watching. I don't know if it's... Pa- it's not panic stations yet. But for me, they need... Klopp needs to do something. I don't know if it's... Obviously, Fabinho was fit enough to come on. So you're assuming that he will probably start their next game, which will be good for them. Because that will allow... So I think my problem was that Henderson was playing at the base of the three. And I don't think he can do that because that doesn't allow cover for Trent. And Henderson isn't good enough to be a single pivot. But Fabinho is. And that allows yeah. Henderson to go to the right of the midfield three and cover Trent, which should hopefully mean um, Trent can get forward a bit more without the fear of getting done on the counter. And they've yeah. got Bournemouth, who they should are be turning over. conceding goals at will at the moment. So if there's ever a game to get your morale back... It's Bournemouth. Speaking of uh, Liverpool Bournemouth, should we head into our predictions for? Yes, coming. I just wanted to take your uh, get your opinion on the Ronaldo situation at Man United. Obviously, got dropped for the Liverpool game. What do you think? Just before the window shuts, what do you think is going to happen with Ronaldo? I think if they can't get him out, they should. But like, if he if he if no one wants him, then they should like. He's an asset. He's the top scorer of all time. You will find a way to fit him in. Um, And like whether or not he wants to play is a different matter. But I can't assume a player like Ronaldo. I know he's got a big head and everything, but he wants to score goals. Yeah, talking of big heads, does Harry Maguire get back in that team? No. Why? (laughs) No, I agree. I agree. Yeah, never. never, Who's that guy? Yeah, okay. no, I thought Varane and uh, Martinez actually played very well. Yeah, no, I agree. They had a good game. Right, yeah. let's do some previews then. Saturday, the early kickoff. We've got Southampton, Man United. What are you saying? 
I'm going to go with a one-all draw. One-all draw? Oh, that'd be that'd be a good result for Southampton, 100%. I think Man United are going to need to kick on after that Liverpool result. Because for me, what Man United could end up doing is get that quality result against Liverpool and then lose their next two games. And then that but, Liverpool result is irrelevant. Yeah, it's kind of like when uh, they beat PSG and gave Oli like about two years of time that he shouldn't never have. Yeah, 100%. So, but um, uh, no, one all. I'm going to go with a 2 1 Man United. Yeah, that's what I was leaning towards that, but I don't know. I backed Hassan Hootel. Yeah, no, I like that. And you've had some good predictions recently, so I trust yeah, I your a, instinct. A big like, comeback, a big comeback. Yeah, you fucking two correct scores, mate. That's scenes. I need to give AJ some tips. Yeah, you do, you do. Um, um, next game Brentford Everton. Oh. I'm going to go for a 2-0 Brentford. Oh, that's a, that's a good result. I'm going to go 1-0 Brentford. 1-0 Brentford. Ooh. Right, I'll go first on this one. This is a good game, actually. Brighton against Leeds. Two teams that are flying high at the moment. Do you know but... what? I'm fancying like a 2 all draw. I think because I'd say if it was at Ellen Road, because I think Brighton are the better team. So, but Leeds, if they were at home, would do, would give them a go. But because he's at Brighton, I think I'm going to go for a two nil Brighton. Yeah, yeah. If I if I wasn't so set on a draw, I would have gone towards leaning towards Brighton a bit. Yeah. I think Leeds so, obviously run ragged against Chelsea as well. So yeah. Did you say two all? Yeah, two all for that one. Goals galore. You love to see it. Uh, Chelsea Leicester, yeah, boy. Oh, this 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 like two seasons ago would have been a crazy game. Yeah, I think it's uh, got a Chelsea win, but does it though? They did just get turned over, but I think yeah. Leicester do look so ropey. I think, I think there's goals in this game. Yeah, I think I might go for like a four-one Chelsea. Yeah, I like that. I might go three-one Chelsea. Yeah, Liverpool, Bournemouth, Roz. What you got for Goals, that? Goals, mate. I'm going to fucking hope Trent does something. I hope Salah does something because fantasy spoiler, I'm captaining Salah. Um, I'm going to go fucking can Bournemouth concede hella goals again because that'll be 4-0, then 3-0. And then I'm going to say 4-0 again. Yeah, I back it 4-0 to Liverpool. Yeah. Okay. Um, City oh. against Crystal Palace. Oh, mm. it's a tough one because Palace last season um, didn't drop any. What is it? A draw and a, a win against City. Yeah. So I think Palace's time against City is up though. Oh, do you? Okay. I'm gonna go for a three-one City, and I think Wilfred Zaha will score for Palace. Yeah, I think for me, I'm not totally sold on City's defence at the moment. Do you see they conceded three against Barca in that little like charity friendly they had yeah, last well, night? You're going to take so much from that. Yeah, I that's think. true. That is true. Do you see Haaland's dive? <laughs> it's horrific. Like, that. A little scumbag. In, for a, in a match for ALS as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, mm. But I do agree. I think there's goals in this game. I'm going to go 2-0 Man City. That's not a lot of goals, actually. One <laughs> I mean, it's goals. <laughs> yeah, 2-0 two nil, two nil City for me. And then you've got, you got uh, the London mighty Army. boys. Yeah, the boys. 
two derby in two weeks. Arguably the two best London teams. Maybe. Yeah, well, at the moment, I'd say so. <laughs> Actually, no, over over the course of the last three weeks, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to go for a 2-0 Arsenal. Yeah, I fancy... I think... Oh, I'm going to go for... Yeah, I'm going to go 2-1 Arsenal. 2-1 okay. Arsenal. Nice, nice, nice. Um, uh, Villa, West Ham. Yep, yep. Two teams with hard, like stinky starts to the season. West Ham... Failed to score. The only team in the top five leagues, I think, failed to score a goal. Is that right? It might be. Something like that. Well, they, they are looking stinky. Schumacher's got a start, I think. Yeah, no, I agree. And if he does, he could fucking have some joy against that Villa back line. Yeah, I think we're going for 2-0 West Ham. 2-0 West Ham get their first, first points on the board of the season. I'm, I'm going to say... Oh, this is a tricky one, to be fair. I'm going to go 1-1. Oh, I don't want to back Villa. That's not backing Villa, though, is it really? Uh, Wolves-Newcastle. I'm going to go for a 1-0 win to Eddie Howe's men. Yeah, I like that. I don't think there's... Why is there... I think Newcastle will be a bit tired. They've had three games back-to-back. They're all quite intense. I'm going to go... A nil-nil draw, I think. Yeah. And then rounding out the weekend, newly promoted Nottingham Forest, home against Spurs. I'm going to go for a big Spurs win. Oh, yeah. Gone 4 nil Spurs. 4 nil Spurs. Okay. I'm going to go 3-1 Spurs. Don't like that backline still. No, no, I, they're, they're, oh, mate, I think I could score against that back line. <laughs> well, that's anyway, it. Yeah. Oh, we've got midweeks as well this week. I forgot about that. Fucking hell, do we? Jesus yeah, Christ. Tuesday. Jesus Christ, mate. Okay, we're going to have to do, do, might have to do uh, like quick a quick little episode or something. Yeah, we'll <laughs> smash another one in, mate. There's, yeah. oh, let's go. That snuck up on me, mate. I've been in the holiday mode, so I've been, you know, not, not yeah, keeping up. Yeah, you'd be you be enjoying your time down in Cornwall, mate. Have a enjoy your <laughs> last last night there, uh, guys. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Uh, follow our socials. We will eventually get the TikTok booming. I promise. Um, <laughs> subscribe to our YouTube channel. Obviously, it's just an audio thing this week because my guy Luke's out on the bender. But next week we'll be back on the video. So yeah, get back excited. in the flesh. Yeah, that's yeah, it, man. boy. Uh, I hope you all good. enjoyed. This has been Board Draw. Luke's been away. And it's live. (laughs) Bye. Bye.